Hello, hello. Good morning. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We have a lot to talk about today because uh, it's been an eventful week. A lot of cool stuff happened this week and some uncool stuff and some uncool stuff. We'll get to that too. <laughs> um, this week was special. The, the Let me start with this. Um, Friday was actually Father's Night at my son's preschool, which means that uh, all the dads come in and they do a, I guess they do kind of a miniature version of a preschool class is, is what I took it to be. Um, with the dads there and they do a mommy's night too at some point but the daddy's night came first and it was really exciting for me to actually be in the classroom and and see my little man see my three-year-old in action because you know you you don't know I mean I I know him from home right and I know him he's my baby and to me he still seems like a baby and so seeing him like follow directions as weird as it sounds they do cleanup time you know clean up clean up everybody everywhere clean up clean up and and he does it he cleans up he goes and he gets the toys and he starts putting them away and when he does that though i must admit i start thinking to myself oh he's sandbagging at home man Oh, yeah, when it comes time to clean up at home, he doesn't know anything about cleanup. He's like, look, I'm only three years old, man, but at preschool, he knows how to clean up. <laughs> and then I got to be there to see him do an art project, and I got to see there be there to see him do circle time. And I had this weird thing happen during circle time where I enjoyed circle time. Let me explain what it is. So circle time is everyone sits in a circle. Preschool teacher sits in the middle of the circle. And... Um, reads a book and they sing a couple of songs and at one point when the preschool teacher started reading the book I was like entranced by it I felt like I went back in time to when I was a little kid and I was like oh my god this is so nice this is so nice a person's gonna read me a book right now this is so nice oh I miss that I miss the little simple things in life you remember that you remember what that was like when somebody just read you a book it was so nice Oh, anyway, I really enjoyed the the uh, the time. It was Daddy's night at preschool, and then they had, um, I guess, earlier that day they had made like a little art project. So he made me a a little art project of a tie that I'm going to bring to work and hang up at my desk. And then they gave us cookies, which was a highlight. And it was just overall it was just wonderful. So great. I basically I'm realizing this. So basically, we went through preschool with our kids. I went to preschool. That's what I'm getting around to. That's what's just dawning on me. I actually went to preschool for a day with Leo. That was great. I had a good time. Anyway, um, there was also on Friday, another cool thing happened was uh, that there was an RBJ article that came out that had me in it. I won't bother reading it to you. I think we're going to share it probably on social media, maybe today, maybe tomorrow through the at uh, Guglielmo sauce handle, but it, it wasn't your normal stuff. It didn't have anything to do with... Um, the sauce company or the manufacturing company, I guess at the end, just maybe a little bit, but it actually had to do with Big Brothers Big Sisters, where I am a board member, and it had to do with mentoring, um, but specifically not being a mentor, but being a mentee, which was a perspective that you don't get to hear from all that often, and I, uh, at least, I, I would say, not that you never get to hear from that perspective, but maybe not from people who are mentors, who have made it to the stage in life where they are mentors, talking about being a mentee. But I actually would argue that we're all mentees all the time. 
and that was what my article was about. It was me sharing how I don't know what I'm doing. You know, whether it be this podcast, my literal career, like I don't know what I'm doing. And some call that imposter syndrome, but I don't think so. I think it's normal. I don't think any human being is no is born just magically knowing how to do anything. You're not born knowing how to be the CEO of a business or anything else for that matter. You have to learn those things. And there's a few different ways to learn. Yeah, on the job training. But how are you going to get on the job training as a CEO? It doesn't happen. So you need mentors. Everybody needs them. Everybody has to have people they can call when they need advice. And I'm lucky enough to have several. I've had several through my life. Some are still in my life. Some are not anymore. I have several even to this day. And I was able to call a lot of them out in my uh, paper article in the RBJ. So if you get a chance, if you do get the Rochester Business Journal, maybe check it out. If not, we'll share it on social media eventually. I I, I don't like sharing those articles, especially in full right off the bat because I think it defeats the purpose of the rbj trying to get subscriptions but uh i i don't know i just i was asked to do it by big brothers big sisters and i wrote a big thing and i I talked about how you know i and the reason i mean big brothers big sisters because i never had a big brother or a big sister and i felt like it was a small little miss out for me because there were little things that the kids who had older siblings just knew at school. They just, you know, we would get to school. We, they just knew how to play basketball, for example. I didn't know how to play basketball. I remember going and not knowing what the hell I was doing. Shooting underhand, double dribbling. And I remember my, my across-the-street neighbor coming over to my house to teach me how to play basketball because he saw me in the driveway and I didn't know what I was doing, obviously. So little things like that. And then in, in, in another one of my favorite ones from back in the day was um, – college my uh my what do you call it? counselor the guy who was kind of in charge of helping me figure out what to do after college was a psychology professor and I remember very distinctly telling him that I wanted to go into psychology I wanted to go get a master's uh, or even a doctorate in psychology and I remember him saying hey don't I see you at the college radio station almost every day and me saying yeah and, and him explaining to me well then that's where your passion is you know, you're barely passing psychology because, you know, your interests lie elsewhere. You should follow your passion, follow your interests. And luckily, I was told that when I was 22. I have to say before that, I don't know that I knew that. And and I think my mother will be upset when she hears that and she'll say, oh, he always knew he could follow his passion. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think when I grew up as a teenager, I thought that I had to go to college, right? I didn't know there was any other option. Then in college, I thought that I had to, you know, pick a major and then and then get a career in that major. And I don't think I really figured out what I wanted to do until later in college. Um, but then, quite frankly, speaking about, of not figuring out what you want to do in life until later, I don't even know if at that point I figured out what I wanted to do. Because if you think about it, having your own radio show is entrepreneurial, Right. It's like you're growing your own brand, your own business. And by that time, I had started a basketball league. I had started a wedding DJ business. I wanted to do a radio show. I was always very entrepreneurial without even realizing it. And so maybe it was all that that led me to this and what I finally want to do. But following your passion to begin with is something that I didn't even know I was allowed to do until Dr. Rainey told me I was allowed to do it. So anyway, that's what the article's about. Maybe I got a little too in the weeds there. Follow your dreams, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) 
What else? Uh, before I get into the uh, the bad things, the bad thing that happened this week, it's not that bad. Don't worry. But uh, I did want to recommend a TV show to you because I like doing this. Succession on HBO, freaking awesome. I remember watching the Emmys and Kieran Culkin won the Emmy for supporting actor, and it was for Succession. It was the first time I'd heard of it. And then um, on, I want to say the night of Thanksgiving, maybe, or maybe it was the night before Thanksgiving. I, you know, was looking for something to watch because I was looking at a couple of days of free time for the first time in a long time. And I said, let me watch the first episode of Succession. It's a show I heard. It was between that and Ted Lasso, which I still haven't seen, which I will see. And so I turn on Succession and I, I get hooked right off the bat. It's about this family. It's about the most dysfunctional family ever. And the pilot episode, and it goes in a million directions after this, so I'm not giving too much away with the pilot, but the pilot episode is about you know this billion dollar business and the father the ceo changes a bunch about the succession plan on this one particular day on the day of the pilot and then later in the day has a brain aneurysm and now the family is left sort of fighting over what did he mean what did he not mean who's in charge if he dies and it's a billion dollar business so all of them kind of want to be in charge and they just start backstabbing each other left and right so if you like one of two things if you like either uh either dysfunctional family dramas or business dramas then this show's for you it's really good i suggest suggest uh, suggest succession boy that's a tongue twister uh okay so let me get into the last thing mini episode trying to keep it to 15 minutes here uh last night i had the honor to cater a seven-course meal for the 40th birthday of my ex-radio partner, Pat McMahon. And it was indeed an honor. I was so freaking honored to be asked to do this. It was in Buffalo, which was a small negative, but it is what it is. I was happy to travel and do it. And um, here's the setback. Ready? Vegans. There were, I think, four vegans and a vegetarian at the dinner. And it was a dinner for nine people. And um, the, the so we decided to go all vegan with everything instead of keeping you know vegetarian and vegan separate. So I just went full vegan menu. And uh, I feel like I mostly nailed it. I cheated a little. I'm going to tell you the seven courses. I'm going to tell you where I cheated. But here we go. First course, cheated. Fruit and cheese platter from, uh, from Red Fern. Pickled vegetables from Red Fern. And then Vegemite toast. Uh, which I came up with. And you might notice Vegemite, you might be thinking to yourself, why the hell Vegemite? Well, Vegemite, if you don't know, is like a yeast extract, very salty thing, kind of like a a jam, but with a weird taste to it that's Australian. What happened was when I found out I had to cater this dinner for vegans, I started Googling, you know, vegan food, and I basically found out we're very unhealthy in the United States. (laughs) Other countries, far more healthy. And a lot of it's because they eat mostly whole food plant-based vegan menus so i said hey let me do an international menu so get this get the challenge i set up for myself okay vegan international menu seven course meal travel time included boom i already told you the appetizer stage which i cheated on now the next bunch of things were all me so the next thing i did was a west african peanut soup from Mali, Africa, and I served it with some crunch on top, some peanuts on top, and then also bamba out of Israel, which is a um, picture like a Cheeto, but coated in peanut butter instead of cheese uh, for the crunch on top. 
Then we did a salad. I did a Chilean tomato, garlic, and onion salad with cilantro and lime on top. So picture like a, like an Italian caprese salad, you know, the tomato mozzarella basil thing, except this was tomato, garlic, onion with the cilantro and the lime. Then we did a veggie. I did a vindaloo veggie with brown rice. Oh, by the way, the Chilean tomato garlic, that was uh, of, of Chile. So, so that's your South American dish. Then I did a vindaloo veggies. Uh, that was, of course, India. Asia. The Vindaloo sauce um, was uh, courtesy of my buddies at uh, Nantastic because they are fantastic with the sauces that they make. Uh, then we did a vegan sorbet, raspberry sorbet. Main course, of course, spaghetti and meatballs. I did some fresh sauce for them and uh, they were vegan. The one, the one restriction they didn't have is they were not gluten-free, so <laughs> I was able to use some regular pasta. Not really good pasta, not egg-based pasta, but at least regular white pasta. So we did that, spaghetti and meatballs, and the meatballs were, of course, beyond meatballs. And then for dessert, I once again cheated and did uh, vegan tiramisu cake from Red Fern, representative, once again, of Italy and Europe. So there you go. Cater to seven-course vegan dinner. Very exciting. Represented, I think, every continent, right? I got Australia. I got South America. I got Europe. I got America. I got Africa. I guess I missed Antarctica, right? That was the one I missed. But the one thing I said that didn't go well was, so this was in a suburb of Buffalo called Kenmore, New York. And after I left this dinner last night around 830, uh, I, I follow my GPS and I go through kind of like the, I guess, main street of Kenmore. And they have this weird kind of curve where, I don't know, you come around a corner and you're like immediately at a red light. And I remember as I was going through this intersection, I come to this crosswalk and there's a there's like a crosswalk and then like 20 feet later, there's another crosswalk and then there's a red light. And I just remember being very confused. The intersection, I mean, think about it, right? It's nighttime. I've never been here before and it's a weird intersection. So I'm like, okay, I don't... I don't know what I'm doing here. So I just kind of roll through. I'm going, you know, I'm going very slow. And I like, I come I come around the corner. I'm like, I can't even see this green light. Like, what the hell is this? Then I come around the corner. I see it's green. I like stop at the red light for a second because I'm all confused. I'm like, what do I do? But it was green. So I turn left. And, and then, of course, immediately a police officer is behind me. And I go, oh, shit. And I knew immediately. I was like, I did something in that intersection. Here's the funny part. I didn't know what I did in that intersection. I had no idea what I had done wrong, but I just knew there was that intersection confused the shit out of me. For a split second, I thought it was like a like one of those circles or something. But bottom line is it was just it was nighttime. There was a lot of traffic. I've never been there before, and it was a weird intersection. So I just got confused and kind of I, I didn't know what I had done wrong. Cop comes up to my window. He goes, do you know what you did wrong? And I look at him and I go, you know, I know that when you get pulled over, you are supposed to claim complete innocence. I don't care if you're going 100 in a 65. You're supposed to look at that cop and say, no, sir, I do not know what I was doing wrong. And when they say you were speeding, you're supposed to go, no, sir, I was not speeding. You know, you're just supposed to deny, 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 because all they're doing is trying to collect evidence of your guilt in that immediate, you know, when they pull you over. So I look at him and I go, you know, I know that I'm supposed to say no because I know you're here to collect evidence right now, but I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I have no idea why you're pulling me over. This is not an act. I truly do not know. And he says, you ran a stop sign. And I go, what? 
He says, yeah, that intersection back there's a stop sign. And I was like, that, there's a red light at that intersection. What are you talking about? There's no, how could there be a stop sign and a red light? And he says, before the red light, there's a stop sign. And I go, what the fuck? What do you mean there's a stop sign before the red light? Like, I'm so confused. And anyway, he explains to me, he goes, yeah, you remember where that cro- that first crosswalk was? And then you go around a corner and you're like right at a light there. So that crosswalk is meant for crossing and there was a stop sign there. But see me, because I could see that there was like this light coming up in this weird intersection. I sort of blew off the stop sign because I didn't, I was too worried about not, you know, fucking crashing into the middle of this intersection. Like, I didn't know what... I was looking at this intersection trying to figure out what the hell I was coming up on that I never even noticed the stop sign. Now, the good news is I rolled through it at, like, eight miles an hour. So, like, I don't even know, you know, that I would have... I mean, I was I was driving pretty safe and defensive. Anyway, he tells... I tell him the, the intersection's very confusing. He tells me he gets that. He goes, I get that. I understand. So now this fucker's admitting guilt to me, right? He's like, yeah, the intersection sucks. He didn't say that, but, you know, he says, I get that. I get that the intersection is tough. So anyway, so he goes back to his car, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, he's not going to write me a ticket, obviously. You know, he's just going to run my stuff and make sure that I'm not a serial killer. Um, but he's not going to run my – he's, he's not going to give me a ticket for that, obviously. That was an honest-to-God mistake, and I was going eight miles an hour, and he even admitted the intersection sucks. Don't you know this guy comes back to my driver's – window 10 minutes later this motherfucker writes me a ticket for rolling through the stop sign and i just jaw dropped at him i just looked at him i went you're writing me a ticket for this he goes yeah 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 you went through a stop sign yeah yeah and so i think i'm gonna go to the court date <laughs> do you do you disagree with me i think i'm gonna go the court date is this is another thing december 21st at 6 p.m i'm like is this right 6 p.m he's like yeah yeah so anyway, I think I'm going to go to the court date because I would like to argue that that intersection is very confusing to someone who's never been there before. It was nighttime and there was a lot of traffic. And at the end of the day, I was driving defensively. I was scared. I was so worried about the intersection that I didn't see the stop sign, which was 10 feet before the freaking intersection. Who puts a stop sign 10 feet before an intersection? Weird. All right. That's it, I think. Anyway. Thank you for listening. Next week, we're back. Another new episode, uh, interview episode next week. I've got the chiropractors from Pinnacle Hill Chiropractic on next week's episode. In the meantime, uh, no Browns today. Bills Monday Night Football against the Patriots. Big game, baby. Let's go, Bills.